0: and fulfillment let's get started with soul talk
1: welcome everyone I'm uh, excited about today's uh, session of the soul talk podcast I'm uh, with my my dear friend I would say he is one of the uh, foremost uh, teachers leaders visionaries in uh, the realm of finding your authentic expression when it comes to your voice. A uh, true master. I actually had the privilege of having a, a session with him not long ago. I was getting ready for my uh, man breakthrough experience weekend. And uh, he gave me a little session. And I, I'll tell you, you know, usually when I speak in my weekends, uh, I, I, like my, my man breakthrough weekend is is just five hours on Friday night and 14 hours, 15 hours on uh, Saturday, 15 hours, 16 hours sometimes on Sunday, uh, really has a toll on on my voice. And uh, I did a mini session with Pear, who I'm about to introduce you to, and really made a huge difference in terms of my voice and uh, nurturing my voice, maintaining my voice, understanding my voice. It was truly fascinating. So we're going to be uh, exploring and seeing where the conversation leads us today. Welcome. Bear, Bear Bristow, welcome to the conversation, Thank
2: you. Soul Talk podcast. Great to be here, man. Thank you so much. This is exciting. Yes, so finally we made it happen,
1: and uh not to, to see what comes up from the conversation. Yeah, uh, you're a you're a voice guru. You're a voice, <laughs> you know, expert. Um, actually, just just for the sake of the conversation, like. What are you exactly? Well, like, what, what, what would you, if someone says, "Who? What do you do?" What, what, how would you simply describe that so people listening in can have a little bit of a sense of just
2: what the hell you do? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, a lot of people consider me a voice and performance coach. Then the question is, what is that? Because the voice is so much more than just the physical aspect of it. <laughs> Sometimes it is about helping people with the physical aspect of it, and even people with voice problems or. Getting a richer, more dynamic, more uh, a, a freer voice, but it really ties into becoming freer as human beings and being able to express and get mm. uh, become more confident, become become more uh, spontaneous, uh, charismatic, influential, and and then also I coach <laughs> the aspects of of performance, how you actually. Uh, can perform well under so-called pressure, the art of peak performance, how you perform well when it matters the most, which I think is really fascinating mm. skill. And it is a skill.
1: Mm. Mm. Very cool. It's way more than voice. we are just, you know, manipulate yeah. the voice for sure. I can tell it's going to be a fascinating conversation. So you, you <laughs> talked about helping people express themselves, right? Find their voice, yeah. So I'm curious, from what you found from your background, uh, what do you see blocks or most blocks people from fully expressing themselves? Because I think many of us we feel right that there is something that we want to express. At least a lot of people that come to my events and my seminars, there's a sense of I know there's something inside me. I feel it's locked inside me. I feel there's more that I'm here to do and express and give and And create, but for many of us, it it doesn't come out. It's trapped inside of us. So, yes. Based on what you've seen, what 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 are the main? What's the main thing that you've seen that blocks people from fully expressing
2: their their true,
1: authentic nature, their
2: true selves? Yeah. Well, I think it's so interesting. You know that old. um survey that was done that discovered that public speaking is one of the greatest fears that we have and mm-hmm. more than re- that re- <laughs> yeah yeah, it's, it, and, and public, public singing is probably even a greater fear on the other hand mm. singing is one of those activities that every uh, I mean singing is part of every culture it's something that we do to express right but so it's so interesting that it, at, at one, one side, it's such a core thing. It's such a natural thing for us to do, to express with our voice, and yet it is so scary. So why is that? Well, I think one of the things that a lot of people run into, we probably all run into, I, I mean, we all we all deep inside need, have a deep need to be loved. We have a deep need to fit in. And our ancestors, if they didn't fit in, um, they wouldn't be able to survive. So it's deeply embedded in us as human beings to somehow fit in. But mm. the truth is that when we grow up as children, many times the better strategy to fit in is, frankly, to be silent. So think about it. You know, as a mm. child, making sound can in many uh, situations be disturbing be distracting. And many, many, many children, uh, we probably all have been told to shut up. So, um, it's actually—it's it, kind of a survival mechanism to actually be quiet. It becomes safer to not express. And it depends on the environment right. you grow up with, of course. But for many of us, it, it is, right? And that includes making sound, making noise, singing. It, it includes expressing our ideas, our thoughts, and And uh, we often grow up feeling that um, our ideas aren't valued, uh, our voice is not valued, and that later on when we realize, um, well, then we probably have that feeling that you said that we don't feel that we we aren't fully expressed. I do have more within us. And Mm -hmm. some people then become singers because of it. And they really feel mm. a, a deep a deep need to be loved, and singing actually becomes a way to do that because now suddenly you get the attention and and it works. Okay. And the same thing with with speaking, we feel that hey, I have something to express, which is which is beautiful. It and it, so it's it really is deeply embedded in that. Um, well, the need to be loved, but also that we have grown up with probably felt uh, held back, frankly.
3: Mm.
2: What do you think?
1: I think that's, that's 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 yeah. I I think you know we develop. I think that's beautiful. I never thought of you know especially connecting to singing and voice is is what you just expressed because in my work what I've always found is, you know, we develop these survival mechanisms, you know, we come into life, Mm -hmm. we're born, we're born these kind of whole perfect babies full of life and expression, expressiveness as babies, we cry, we scream, we shout, we, we sing, you know, a kid doesn't care if they're not Celine Dion, they're just like singing, right? And, and before you know it, we, we were born into an environment where maybe we're abandoned, we're abused, we're neglected. So we learn to shut down our emotion our feeling capacity to just function. And then we also learn to go into the world. And yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head where you talked about the, the strategy of being silent. We develop all sorts of strategies and mechanisms to fit in, to, to function, to survive, you know, being nice, being silent. And uh, then we, so we develop an identity and this becomes a sense yes. of who we are. We get trapped into our identity. Our identity gets reinforced and then it becomes a prison and we don't feel this sense of, being able to express ourselves. So, so I think silence is, is a very interesting, you know, you've triggered a thought. Like if, if we're silent, then I guess like you can't really hurt me. You don't really know who I, like if you don't really know who I am, then then you can't reject me. So if I'm silent, then you won't really know who I am. And, and it's definitely a way to, 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 you could say, fit in and get love.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's not necessarily that anyone is mean to us either. It's just then that mm-hmm. that it can be a way of being nice, being polite, and and um, mm-hmm. which is true, right? It's not necessarily wrong. And uh, I did an interview with right. the um, with a person who who is now an art therapist, but she grew up in a household where the mother was very sick. So being respectful to mom, being silent, <laughs> keeping your voice down. Uh, was a way to respect the situation. So she was a good girl. She was nice. Mm. Uh, nobody, nobody was ever mean to her in that sense. But she grew up and realized she's mm. actually never used her voice. She's never expressed. She's never. Uh, um, yeah. Mm. So, so it's just not, not. it's not bad things. She was a good
1: girl. Yeah. 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 So so it has a positive intention. You know these these strategies. Uh, yeah. It's really survival, right? So. Yeah. What would be in your work, what would be, let's say, someone listening in who is identifying with what you're saying in this conversation of, wow, I have these strategies to to, to survive. I learned to, to be a certain way to fit in, yeah. to get love, to be approved. What, what would be, I guess, the first, what, the first thing that they could do or someone could do to, I guess you could say, break free? You know, to really break free from the shackles of this imprisonment, this survival mechanism. How do you help people break free? What's something some people can do?
2: Yeah, so step number one is, is always awareness, but that's easy to say because how are we going to be coming to these <laughs> things, right? So, um <laughs> That's part of the training. We become more and more aware of things. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know, I I think the two golden golden um, words are really give permission. And what do we mean by that? Well, when I work with people, I I start with the physical aspect because it's less threatening. So we don't have Mm -hmm. to talk about history. We don't have to talk about the the psychology Mm -hmm. of things. It's it's just a wonderful feeling to physically be able to um, make sound. And and the other thing with singing also, and also with speaking is, and this is also a, a thing that we we start learning as we grow older is that we are judged, right? And we tend to judge other people, we categorize people, and we, we do all these things. And it's also this thing of, of fitting in, right? And we become very good at judging people. And unfortunately, singing is one of those things that are judged, right? And all these competitions don't necessarily... Uh, help that, but but again, singing is one of those fundamental things that that uh, all cultures do to enjoy and sorrow and all these kinds of things. And in that situation, it's never about judging. It's never about who sounds good. But when it comes to singing, we in a, in our society at least, we tend to be judged. We have this. A lot of people think they can't sing, but then of course, when you ask them how much have you trained, the answer is nothing. Um, so singing just like anything else is a skill and that's a big part of what I do is is I really want to break down this belief system of what you can or cannot do so when you realize well let's take a a skill such as singing which a lot of people think either you have it or you don't it's something you're born with blah blah those kind of things right so when I show or, or someone discovers that oh wow okay I, of course, I can do this. This is a skill like anything else. Well, how many other beliefs do you have <laughs> about yourself? Also, right? So, so I'm I'm a skilled developer. I don't like the word talent. Um, but um, so to give permission to make sound, and through that discovery process, then discover how that sound itself can become freer, and the tension that we we hold and and the uh, restrictions that we have that we've never been aware of. um, I mean, it's such a beautiful experience. And then of course the next step we realize that, oh, it's not just physical, it it really is fear that I'm not going to sound good or I'm going to hurt my voice or whatever the fear might be. Um, But if we can do it by ourselves, when nobody is listening, when we're not being judged, and if we and if we then can say uh, give ourselves permission to make sound without uh, ourselves judging which is frankly not so easy <laughs> uh, um so that is such a beautiful starting point and it it, it is really so powerful i mean we also there's so many physical things that that go on when we do that right we're creating the vibration in our body um where the exhale becomes longer than the inhale that accesses the parasympathetic mm. nervous system, the relaxation response, you're creating the endorphins. I mean, there's so much stuff that happens when you do that. Mm. Um, but anyway, your permission is, is <laughs> where it starts.
1: Mm. Giving what giving yourself permission, that's, that's definitely a, an important beginning. So yeah. I think many people also face, let's say, talk about giving yourself permission and nervousness and I guess you might call it stage fright or be the sense of, right. you know, I guess part of the fear is, well, if I'm gonna go speak to people, if I'm going to go sing, they'll judge me, they'll judge me, I won't be loved, I'll be rejected, it will be painful. Yep. And so it, it can create this, this this fear to, I guess, varying extremes. You know, someone might yep. feel like a phobic response, someone might just feel like butterflies, nervousness. And so what can, what can people do if they're going to be speaking in public or or being in a public setting where they have to express themselves in some way, what what are some some things people can do to to kind of, um, I guess, move through stage fright, not have it, Mm -hmm. just feel just free and relaxed and, you know, just as comfortable as they would feel just sitting with, their best friend, like how, mm-hmm. how can someone get to that stage where they could be that comfortable in front of ten people, three hundred people, three thousand people?
2: yeah, yeah, so what a do couple you do? Of things well so so number one, we want to be aware that when we experience that feeling is we have already put ourselves into the um the mental situation that we do not fit in. Um, we have now created a thing that everybody in the audience are one group and I am going up on stage and I don't belong yet. And now I have to do something to prove myself so that I belong. I mean, and it goes back to that, that sense of not belonging, not fitting in, not being loved. So we've already put that on ourselves. Now I need to do something in order to be loved. And we're not saying that's wrong, but, It's good to be aware of that. That's the mental concept that I have in this situation. Um, So having said that. Fear. And I talk about this a lot. Fear is beautiful. It is so Hmm. wonderful. (laughs) And I think a lot of people shoot themselves in the foot because they say, I get nervous. And therefore, they have an idea that they're doing something wrong. And how do I get over my nervousness? Well, I say, you're nervous. This is wonderful. First of all, welcome to the human race. That's... (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But that nervousness, Mm -hmm. and that is part of the peak performance training that I mentioned, that is, I I don't really... um, I'm not in favor of putting it, you know... it's not about overcoming fears it is about acknowledging the fear and then transforming it into beautiful energy the truth is that you're in a situation where you don't know what's going to happen all right it's the, the fear of the unknown you know combined then with am i going to fit in and so forth i don't know what's going to happen mm-hmm. But when we transform that into the realization that all creativity, all spontaneity comes from that place of not knowing what's going to happen, then that becomes beautiful art. That becomes a beautiful experience. And uh, if we then, again, give ourselves permission to experience this, rather than having this idea that I have to succeeded with this I have to remember what to say I have to sing the right word I have to do this and I and instead going in I'm going to have an experience and I don't know what it's going to be that becomes vulnerable mm. which is scary but vulnerability is the greatest asset asset for an artist to be able to be vulnerable it's like wow I wonder what's going to happen and then whatever happens. It's going to be interesting and when we met, <laughs> i like that i've put a yeah it when is, we put it, ourselves it, into it, that mm-hmm. situation a couple of times and we recognize that ooh this is a creation something happened here now i actually connect better with the people i connect better with uh the material the content that i'm here to to uh talk about or sing about uh, I connect better to the reason why I'm here in the first place. And it's a much, much more beautiful experience rather than trying uh, than to do it right or do it correctly or not mess up and that, all that kind of stuff, right? So embracing fear and embracing vulnerability and embracing the unknown, and that's part of, of, frankly, the training for an artist to be able to do that. And, and, and uh, once we've done it a couple of times, recognize the power in that, Uh, It's a beautiful thing. And then the fear is actually a good thing because now it's, if I have a performance, now it's not that I'm just doing a mundane thing. I'm going to work kind of thing. Now it's like, well, there's something new going on.
3: Mm -hmm. So when I worked
2: Mm -hmm. in the theater, I did the same show over 300 times. And after a while, it was like, I was going to work. And it was boring. It was a Mm -hmm. horrible experience. And I realized, huh, I need to figure out a way how to make myself nervous, how to put myself in the situation mm-hmm. that even though even though I know what the script is, know what the songs are, I have no clue what's going to happen. Now it becomes scary, but that becomes a good performance. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's like the gift, the gift of nervousness, you know, yes. rather than
1: uh, the curse of nervousness. That's right. I really, really, really like that. When I'm hearing, and I hope, folks. As you're listening to this conversation, you're taking away some good stuff here. Uh, the word that popped up for me, pair, is, is curiosity. Is really living in this curious state because I think when you're living in curiosity, it, it's like something about the, your relationship with fear totally transforms. You know, you get yeah. curious, like. Wow, what's going to happen? And, and rather than just living in this sort of jaded state of, I already know what's going to happen, this is how it's going to be, and then we're just living this, this repetitive, groundhog day kind of existence. But to like a kid is curious, you know, just one, living in wonder with every moment and everything, and everything is just this, this adventure. So I love that. I often say that the amount of freedom you experience is determined by your ability to rest or dance in the unknown and to embrace the unknown. So that's
3: beautiful.
2: Beautiful. Embrace the nervousness. Yes. -hmm. And I love that you say that because um, uh, those who have studied with me know that my favorite expression is, hmm, interesting. And... (laughs) uh, It's it's in, I think it's very interesting with traditional singing training that it, it's so uh, steeped in tradition about what is supposedly correct, incorrect, right versus wrong, and and a lot of people, you know, react to life that way, right or wrong, and good or bad, and and I've always embraced life as hmm, interesting. What can I learn from that? Okay, somebody has a different point of view, or if we uh, practice our voice, for example, I discover something within my body. Oh, interesting. Okay, what's my tongue doing? What's all these? What's happening in my body, right? Or when I did sports, um, it, my specialty was was, was technique to, to do things with my body, even though I didn't have the raw strength, the raw speed, but. Um, It's like okay, what what are my hips doing here, and what what's my okay? mm -hmm. And it's all this discovery process, right? And that what Mm -hmm. is what learning is all about. Effective learning is all is all about engaging in the discovery process. I love it.
1: I love it. The discovery process. Yeah, you know this this phrase. hmm, Interesting. Is actually something I say about Tupac. So no wonder we were
2: really. We get along. <laughs> well, it's not. Well, it's not. Interesting, writing, right? Because if we have that, that and yeah, I wouldn't have achieved anything if I didn't have that mindset. I don't think. Uh, well, That's I mean, some things we can achieve. Yeah. First, first of yeah. all, it makes it more exciting to wake up Monday morning to see what's what we might discover. But it's also it. it we then have a completely different relationship to what other people would call failure. We instead go, oh, that's interesting. That didn't quite work out the way I Mm -hmm. thought of it. And, you know, in business and relationships, everything, it's all interesting. Very uh, powerful
1: way of perceiving and experiencing life. So, folks, if you're listening to this, take it on. Hmm, interesting you know because for me what, what in that phrase is curiosity but also in that phrase there is uh, there's no judgment that's what i love there's no like fixed point of right wrong judgment about or or dogma or this is the way it is it's just there's an openness you know to to really be in that inquiry discovery of hmm interesting you're not fixating on this is the way it is, or that's the way it is. You're open to possibilities. I think one of the things we often do is we, we often tend to have to seek out people whose belief aligns with our, our beliefs and or reinforce our reality. And we call that person, you know, that person is, is my friend or that person is right. And I think the real growth often happens when we meet people whose beliefs or model of the world don't quite align with owls and that's when the discovery happens. So it's a beautiful way of seeing it. Hmm, interesting, the curiosity, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I can even see going into there, like going into a talk or a concert with that sense of curiosity, like what's going to happen today? You know, what what's going to happen in this concert? What's going to happen in this experience? What's going to happen in this interaction? and and really being open to that as well. I think that's cool. Yes,
2: And I think everyone who right now is listening to this and embracing this, immediately you can feel in your body that fear dissolves. Now it becomes more of an exciting journey. It's it's even like you said, if Mm -hmm. we're with another person who has a belief system or a different experience, sees the world in a different way, rather than that becoming a threat, If we have "Hmm, interesting, it's now uh, not a threat, right? Um, And (laughs) so so our belief systems uh, also create um, the potential of threats for us. Meaning then that if someone else comes and challenges that belief, it can easily become a threat, and we need to defend that, and and so forth, and that becomes the resistance, the aggression, whatever it might be, and while if we go with that curiosity that you're talking about, there's no longer a threat. So that ties into mm. the the uh, fear of anything, really, the fear of what's going to happen in the performance, the fear of how I'm going to perceive, am I going to be judged, and so forth. Um, it suddenly dissolves when we go into that kind of, um, into the situation with that mindset, don't you think?
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, because for me, there's an openness. You know, there's a real, you can be open. You know, there's an availability, right. and uh, yeah. And you, one thing that also, maybe for those listening in, when I speak, that that's also helped me personally in terms of, uh, you could say, not getting rid of fear or nervousness, but, sh- it, but 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 you could say shifting my relationship with fear, stage fright, whatever you want to call it, is when I go and speak, I uh, the times in the past when I've been, you know, maybe locked up a little bit in my own nervous moment, uh, almost always when I really check where my attention is, my attention is usually on myself and on my own, like, internal egoic fears. And so what I really try and do when I feel my... my fixed point of attention just locked in on myself and what will they think of me and me and me. I i really just try and breathe through that, relax and expand my fixed point of focus to really feel into uh beyond myself and really feel into uh, serving, truly serving, being of higher service and adding uh value to my audience and those I'm going to serve and really focusing, placing my focus on adding value and transforming lives, not simply myself and what would they think of me. And that's you know, that, that simple shift in focus and perspective has really has really been uh, really been helpful for me.
2: Yeah. You know, yeah. Per I'm wondering um, I was gonna, you gonna say something uh, I was just gonna add to that that um um when we feel that we are being judged in truth, we are actually judging in that moment. we are judging them as if they would have some kind of opinion about us so you know when people go into auditions, for example, they feel it like being judged well in, in that moment, you are judging them so so it, it it's it's like what you said sometimes I've been a little bit uh, you know tough love to some of my clients when they when they uh, are going to be be performing and they uh, say, I feel this and this and I feel scared that they're going to do this and this and, that. and then I say, well, I don't, I don't give a crap about your feelings. It's about them. <laughs> and, be, and that suddenly shifts the folks. Oh, 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 it's not about my feelings. Oh, oh, that's right. <laughs> so it's absolutely right. right. When we, when we focus on the audience, we are there to give them experience mm-hmm. and and add a sense of gratitude for the fact that they've come and they want to be here for, for a reason. Yeah. yeah. Then the focus yeah. then the focus shifts. So that that is really this, I mean, the powerful strategy. If you're about to go on stage, uh, I think you asked that also. I didn't answer you, but the, the thing that I do before I go up on stage is is really to feel this deep sense of gratitude towards. Um, Uh, my team everybody who's doing the tech stuff making this happen everybody who has arrived the fact that we're here together see now I'm not now I'm not an outsider that doesn't fit in but we're all here together for the same reason and I'm just I just happen to be the person on stage but we're here to create an experience together so then everything shifts nice 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 that's beautiful
1: beautiful the gratitude connecting with gratitude um, yeah. what's the secret, what's the secret to charisma having oh. charisma on you know, just, right. just, you know, that, that kind of, you know, cause some people, it's, it seems, doesn't it seem like some people just have it and some people don't have it. And it's easy to look at people that have it and go, they just have it. And I don't, but I'm wondering, can it be developed? Can charisma be be developed? How? And if so, what's what's the secret?
2: My opinion is absolutely yes. Now, a lot of people that we think are charismatic are not charismatic all the time. They can be mm. the dullest people in certain situations. So, what's what's the difference? Mm-hmm. Now, I'm from the country of Sweden, and the word charisma is, if you say it in Swedish, it would be translated as Um, out rays so it's like the rays that are emanating out from you oh wow wow like light exactly right yes and it could be all any kind of ray it could be light sound whatever you know magnetic (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, it's it's the same word Um, but it's something that emanates out of you now let, let's assume we all uh, have this uh, vibrational energy. Um, what is it that blocks it? Well, what blocks it is exactly everything that we've talked about today: the judgment, the fear, the the uh, the resistance that we have, the insecurities. Am I good enough? All that kind of stuff. That actually is what blocks. Our natural if we want to use the word natural but our, our full potential of our charisma and when we do these things exactly what we talked about here and we get used to being able to connect with other human beings gratitude toward none other human human being whether there's thousand people in the room or one person um, to be able to then uh, um, learn from other people r- rather than teach <laughs> um, um You know, all these kind of connections then, giving ourselves permission to release whatever is happening in the moment, be curious, all that kind of stuff, that immediately makes you so much more charismatic. You become a more interesting human being. You become someone who's not held back. You're not second-guessing, thinking about what you're going to say either. You're releasing who you are. You're releasing your emotions. You're releasing um, everything that's going on with you, that doesn't mean now that you're lacking awareness and you're starting to, uh, you know, some people use that as an excuse when they lash out in anger. say, No, I'm just being free. Well, <laughs> you're, you're not being aware of, of the energy that you want to create. But mm. Still, you, you, you lost sense of the purpose. <laughs> mm, um, mm. I don't know if I'm making sense here, but But all these things that we've been talking about has a direct impact on how charismatic you are, which then makes you more influential, Mm -hmm. more likable, more loving, all these things. Mm -hmm. And it does go hand in hand with the vibration of your voice. Not necessarily the sound Mm -hmm. of your voice, because we all sound different. But is there a sense of freedom? Mm -hmm. Are you exhaling? Are you letting it out? You don't have to be loud. Um, but what do you mm-hmm. feel like and we can immediately feel that if someone is restricted in their voice um, mm-hmm. it goes hand-in-hand hand with a restricted personality a and a, a timid voice goes hand-in-hand hand with a timid personality a forceful voice goes hand-in-hand hand with a forceful personality and sometimes we want to be able to do all of all of that depending on who we're communicating with depending on the situation and, um, mm-hmm. and that creates that freedom and that makes us more impactful communicators uh, because we can adapt mm-hmm. to the room, adapt to the situation.
1: Mm-hmm. Wrong, you know, I, I remember when I better. had my... <laughs> no, this is good. I, I remember when I had my session with you, uh, Pair, and you taught me a few exercises and obviously, you know, we, we took a while together. I'm just wondering, for the sake of this conversation... People listening in, um, you talked about the voice. Uh, for those that might feel restricted in their actual, not just you know metaphorical, symbolic, you know emotional self-expression, but in their actual physical voice,
3: um, mm-hmm.
1: how can what, what what are some like immediate, simple things that you could Teach those listening in right now to do literally right now a few simple steps that they could actually apply in their lives and practice, uh, even once this conversation is done, to to uh, free up their voice, their real voice, okay. their physical voice.
2: Okay. Okay. Um, so if if I mention a little bit first, and I'll I'll show you. Yeah. More, more, a couple of sp- specific things, but the the art of uh, executing something with your body in a functional, effective way always lies in developing the awareness and the ability for muscle isolation. So when I was a kid, I was considered a violin pro- child whatever you want to call it but they always call me talented 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 but the thing is that I was very much engaged in muscle isolation activities to be able to move two fingers while relaxing the other two for example right hmm. and you're and you're wondering wait a minute that makes four fingers well the fifth the thumb is behind the neck so his <laughs> four fingers do me actually play one well. mm-hmm. um, but it's isolating muscle. When I did sports, it's about being able to isolate muscles, to throw a ball, to run. It's about isolating hips, movement. It's all about, you know, effective joint movement. So it's not necessarily so much about mm. strength. And my, my kids play sports now and they're very effective. And it's not that they're big and strong, but it's effective movements. And then suddenly you can throw a ball very far, very hard. Because then, And then people say, wow, that's so good technique. Yeah, but it comes from muscle awareness, muscle isolation. So with with singing, and this is something then that perhaps my method has become somewhat known for that because traditionally singers uh, sing scales and they try to match notes and they use their ears uh, in order to try and sound better. While I do a lot of muscle isolation things then, so that these vocal cords that we have inside of our throat, inside of our larynx, also known as vocal folds, we want them to vibrate freely. But there's so many other muscles in the mm-hmm. throat area here, the tongue, the jaw, everything is uh, it tends to move in one package. And when we speak, you know, we're moving our tongue, we're moving our jaw. And then, of course, we have the breathing mechanism. So there's a lot of stuff that's going on at the same time, and many times we're not aware of it because we simply don't train it. But when we do, it hasn't Tremendous impact in being able to, well, fix a voice problem, develop a stronger voice, mm. you can have more, uh, both so you can project with less effort. Um, you know, singers want to sing those power notes, um, get a better, more range of the voice so you can sing or speak with, uh, well, singers often want to sing the high notes, speakers want to perhaps have a deeper voice, um, endurance, functionality, overall, dynamics. Uh, But also a freer resonance, a a freer sounding voice. So when we do certain things to isolate muscles, it has a tremendous impact and often in a very, very short amount of time. So, for example, the tongue is a big muscle. It's actually a bunch of of muscles. That's why the tongue can move in different directions. Um, And when Mm. we speak, of course, we are moving the tongue all the time. And the tongue actually goes way down. Um, and for everyone who has a voice problem, tension in the tongue, in the root of the tongue, is, always goes hand in hand, because it, it always disrupts the functionality of, of these vocal cords, the vocal folds that we want to vibrate freely. Um, so when we do mm-hmm. certain things to isolate the tongue, right there can have an immediate impact. And, and I, I'm saying immediate impact, I, maybe I should take that back because I don't want to in any way encourage a quick fix mentality. Um, but Right. So, but if we, for example, stick our tongue out and bite our tongue at the same time, the reason we do that is because now we want to be able to see if we can relax that root of the tongue because it's being held in place. Yes, we're using a little bit of jaw muscles, but we're not biting hard, Um, but we're just holding the tongue in place, and we, we want to stick it out as far as we can and hold it in place. Now, while we do that, we can then see if we can make a sound, and I like to also encourage movement, movement of the neck, moving around, feeling loose, rather than Maybe the old-fashioned way of thinking of it—that we're supposed to stand still, not we'll put forward a good posture—which mm-hmm. often encourages tension, frankly. Um, mm. Or uh, so, so, if we move our head around, moving the neck, stick our tongue out, hold our tongue, and feel if that, that root of the tongue can become looser and looser, um, heavier and heavier, that, and then we make sound. So if I do it like this, I do. It. Mm. Then what might happen mm. is it might happen the sound might go mm, 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 you know things like that, which means the the vocal mm. cords aren't used to creating that vibration, and we start feeling that it might mm. be a, sort of a, uh, a jerky movements things we, we might feel that things want to contract, and that's fine we'll just do it again. Mm. And we'll, you do it a couple of times like that. And you will probably notice that you'll have more and more freer or even vibration um, through that exhale. So, and it, and what note it is uh, has nothing to do with it, right? There's no note. So we just say it. Mm-hmm. There, so shall I say first and then the people listening to this can do that? Just follow me. How about that? Can be a yes. little active. Go they, for it. They're sitting at their office now, and they feel that they're b- being very much judged if someone can see them and hear them. Right? <laughs> <laughs> go, go, for it. This will be a this will be a fun quick little exercise. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. So I do do first, and then you follow. So I do. Hmm. And just mm. feel the heaviness of the tongue. Heavy tongue. Move your jaw. I mean, not move your jaw, move your 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 neck and then inhale and then mm.
3: Mm.
2: Mm. Mm. right, so then we can do different mm. exercises with the tongue in tongue in different position. Doing various things to isolate muscles. But that's a little bit of the the principle you're create the vibration mm-hmm. with less and less effort. And at the same time, you're actually training yeah. the muscles that make those vocal cords vibrate. So um, mm-hmm. when you do that, um, it doesn't take long to create better vibration. And, and I suspect and that's what you experienced good when you said them. Um, mm-hmm when you're doing your event because when we get tired, I mean that's a tough yep. that's a tough uh, job you have <laughs> I mean mm-hmm. using your voice for that many hours, mm-hmm. right? That is really, really quite admirable. So the anyone, Yeah what I, found, very what I found what I found after after working
1: with you, what I found after doing that session was the whole principle of lessening the, the effort I was putting into like projecting and still and but but learning to relax my physiology relax the body relax the vocal cords but also still be able to project powerfully with less effort and i think for me that was that was a key uh in terms of my ability to relax in my body my physical body
2: that's wonderful that's wonderful it, it really and also to, it really helped to do things. Yeah, that's terrific. And also doing those things that you probably did afterwards, so that we then recover quicker mm-hmm. through the next day and mm-hmm. uh, know mm-hmm. know how to how to warm up and and also recognize things. What when? Okay, we start getting tired. What can I do? Um, so that's mm-hmm. part of the skill development. I have I have a few few questions. Um,
1: kind of a shifting gears a little bit is it's clear that you are like passionate uh, about expression and voice and singing and speaking. I mean, just helping people express themselves. It's, it's clear when I work with you, it's clear like this man is passionate about this. This is, this is definitely, at least it felt like a, a calling for you. So I think there's lots of people listening in who, you know, they have a passion. And they might be thinking, how the hell do I turn this thing into uh, a business? How do I, how do I make money? You know, with this particular passion I love, it's so obscure, it's so different, it's not mainstream. It's and so you're, you know, you're this voice coach, voice teacher, expression expert. What was the secret to turning this passion into a successful business? And what can you share with those who might also be in the beginning stages of they have this passion, but they don't quite know how to structure it or make it
3: successful?
2: Well, what made it happen was anger. Huh. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't expecting that. I know, right? Um, hey, I don't have anger, do I? I'm this peaceful guy. Um, uh, uh, look, anger and fear are powerful mm. emotions. If we transfer it, transform it into something productive. And what was I angry about? I don't know. Well, it's been set a uh, different different thing things throughout my my uh, my life. I, okay, so I, one of the things that really annoy me is how singing training was captured by tradition, and I've always been a little bit of a rebel, and like you said, like we talked about, this curiosity, this discovery, I, I need to, why does it have to be the way it's always been? And uh, I just didn't, didn't buy it. And maybe because I am a little bit rebellious in nature, I, I challenge things, I question things, right? But that's also because of the curiosity. And uh, so when I started coaching one-on-one and people were getting great results, people all also said, wow, I've never experienced this before. And and uh, I've never, I, I studied for 10 years and nobody's ever told me this about the vocal course. Things like that. And frankly, part of me says, wow, this is so beautiful what I'm doing. But part of me is also uh, a little bit of anger. It's like, why don't people know this? And, and uh, why am I not figuring out a way how to share this with people? Right? So I'm getting a little angry with myself. But that's mm. a driving force for me. I need to, I need to figure out how I can, um, because I realize then after a while, okay, I, there's some kind of message what if I can create a way so that other people can um, benefit from it? Then I, I've, I've had, all, I had also a medical, medical issue where I, uh, my voice was just completely out of whack. I had no voice. So then I realized how incredibly valuable the voice is. If you don't have a voice, I mean, you feel so inhibited. You you can't you can't be you. You you couldn't do what you're doing if you didn't have a voice. Um, we can do. Yeah. That. It, it it was so frustrating, and I, I won't get into it now. But but the reason my voice went out of whack because of the medication I got. I was so angry mm-hmm. at the medical community, at doctors, at their limited mm-hmm. knowledge about the the body. So, you know, I want to sue them all and that kind of stuff. But then I realized I'm not going to heal if I'm going to live without anger. I have to come to an acceptance Mm. that they are doing what they've been trained to do. And they're not doing anything wrong. They're doing what they think is good, but they don't know better. And so I set out, I'm going to learn everything I can. I'm going to heal and frankly I'm going to launch my method. But but now I can't launch it because I'm I'm not exactly a role model if I don't have a voice and my body's out of wagon. Um so I realize I ha- I have to heal, I have to f- fix this, I have to I have to go to, to a, a new level of of everything. And that's again the curiosity, the willingness to learn, the willingness to not take this as a as a uh, failure, but an extraordinary learning experience that later on, that's going to be a great, I'm going to be so grateful for what happened. And in truth, I am, I am so grateful. I would never have been able to do this if I hadn't had that anger and fire to do something about it. And frankly, at that point, I'll admit it. I was angry and, and, and tired of being absolutely broke too. And, uh, -hmm. I I wasn't able to, to do my, uh, my, uh, private coaching then either, you know? So I was, I was was an absolute mess. And that was, it's a driving force. It is a driving force. And I really, um, I think everyone who's created anything, who's innovated something has done it out of something that they feel is not good. Right. There's something Mm -hmm. that could be better. Mm -hmm. So when you have a passion for something, you love to do something, it's probably because you know that people struggle and that you can help them in some way. And that that fire, uh, I think, is a good thing. And we're all different in that way. And, it's a, again, too much fire that just creates, um, you know, anger and violence. That's, of course, not helpful. But if, that's, if some kind of fire that makes me uh, create something, I'm going to make something happen but then it has a bigger purpose. It was no longer about me in that sense. I needed to Mm. heal and and learn more in order to be able to help others. I wanted to get the message out. Mm. So if you had a bad experience, you want to get the message out, but now again, it becomes for a reason to help someone else. Isn't this making Mm. sense? Mm. Beautiful, beautiful yeah really tapping
1: into that deeper purpose, that deeper reason that wasn't yeah. just about yourself it came from your own pain, but it really you know came from a desire, a true sincere desire to help people I think that's that's one of the foundations I see so many people today you know getting into you could say personal growth or coaching because they just want to make money and uh it's it, so often it doesn't come from the depth of authentic uh connection to I truly want to help another person, I truly want to help another soul. I truly want to add value. And uh that's one of the things I can definitely feel uh yeah. from you. Wow. So that's okay, so that well, so that's that's how it started well, thank you know, you. of turning your passion.
2: Yeah, yeah, because I was coaching one on one, so there was a passion doing that, of course. Um but when I mm-hmm. launched my online business that was that was the driving force. I knew I had something good. And then suddenly, mm. I, I, in a sense, lost it all. And I, I yeah, it's, um, uh, yeah, I think, I think everything. Mm. Will, we we want to change something, or we want to inspire somebody. But it does. I think it's more helpful, frankly, if it comes from some kind of pain, some kind of anger. You want to change something, and and also, mm. if I add one more thing, when we talked about fear. And this is something that drives every high performer. And it's not necessarily always a good thing. But we should be aware of it so that we can somehow have, have some kind of decent balance. But the greatest fear, and I, I know a lot of you know, extreme athletes and uh, people do extraordinary things. And they always ex- experience fear of, of doing what they're actually doing. But the greater fear, let, let, let's, let's say a big big wave surfer that, that I know, mm-hmm. uh, top, in the, top, top in the world, right? If he's going to go out and, and take on that crazy big wave in the midst of the storm, does he experience fear? Of course he does. Is that going to stop him? No. What's the greater fear, though? The greater fear is missing out. I mean, to not, it's for him, this is what he lives for, and to, to miss out on, on this one-time opportunity um, he wouldn't be able to live with themselves, mm. right? That's not necessarily mm. healthy and helpful. That is extreme, right? But for me also, if I know I have something mm. in me and and I'm developing my skills to become even better and trying to figure out how I can help people better and better, better, but the fear of not, of having lived my life and not exploring what I'm capable of, that's worse. That's why it's mm. not about success or failure. It's about doing. It's about exploring. It's about discovering. Mm. It's about seeing what happens. It's about that spontaneity. It, it, it's about embracing that I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what I'm capable of. I don't know if I'm going to succeed or fail, but I'm going to learn something, so that's going to be success. I don't mm. know. And and that's really what I've embraced uh, so, um, n- not doing it w- would be horrible. Love it. Yeah, and at the same time, I have to accept that I'm not going to do everything, every single idea I have in my head. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, I'm going to have to, I ex- have to mm-hmm. accept that, otherwise that would drive me crazy. Right? I would. What success is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What um, success to you? Well, I think one of the greatest joys for me is to. Have an idea and implement it, and I think that is sort mm-hmm. of ties into the, the success of, of of having done it. Like you know, I, the last couple of years I've been doing live events around the world, and people ask me, "Then uh, are you confident that you can do it?" No. Do you what's success? The success there is having done it. Is is mm. is putting it on right? The success is not really. Um, how it goes afterwards. Yes, I'll evaluate that and I'll learn from it and make make it better. That's always my drive because, again, I love the learning experience. I want to discover what's possible. But the, so so it's always the success of, of doing something. Even if it didn't turn out the way it could have or, you know, might be my dreams it should have. But I have to say the success was that I did it. And I wouldn't have learned, I wouldn't have gone mm. anywhere if, if I hadn't done it. So I, I think that's success. Mm. So so I, I don't know. I, I, I don't think of any person as being a successful person or not su- successful person because I think that's more of a label. Mm. I think we all have successes, daily successes, and we have daily what we consider not successes. But again, it's learning experiences. So mm. I, I don't know. It, it, it's more of that fulfillment that we have within and i'm not saying i'm fulfilled yes. every day i have a lot of frustrations feeling that things aren't going well but i also understand that that's part of the journey so i'm i'm not i'm not mm-hmm. happy all the time i'm not really striving for
3: happiness mm-hmm.
2: Um, mm-hmm. it's more of a fulfillment that i'm i'm going through things that um i am not particularly joyful in the moment and i'm trying to learn from them and Um, You know, but I think it's all part of life. Every emotional experience is part of life. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I think I'm sort of accepting Mm -hmm. that. But -hmm. then I don't know what will be successful. It's just
3: a matter of opinion in that moment, I suppose.
1: Yeah, I think for me, you know, more and more success has become less about, I mean, obviously attaining goals and pulling things off is great. But more and more uh, has become less about that and more and more about the degree to which I grow and evolve, the degree to which I grow and evolve and learn the lessons in a given situation, the degree to which I grow and evolve and become uh, more of my authentic self, more of who I really am. And uh, so it's less about how long a relationship lasts or how much money or how, what happened in the project, but, uh, but the learning and the growth and the becoming. And so, uh, for me, it's an evolutionary, uh, process. And so what I love, uh, about your interesting curiosity discovery is I think it really it embraces the, the journey, you know, the totality of the journey, the up and the down and, uh, rather than just attaining uh, a fixed point or destination, which I think Very is really great. great. I have a final question. Yeah. I have a final question. Yep. This has been a really awesome conversation, and I really uh, hope those of you that are listening in have enjoyed my conversation with, with my friend, Pear, one of the foremost voice experts, expression experts
2: on in the galaxy. I'm just going to put it out there. Well, you should, you should know that I, I don't consider myself an expert. I don't even consider myself a teacher. I often say that. I, I'm 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 a learner. But it, that's also yes. what makes me an yes. effective teacher because I'm I'm good at learning about how to help another person. Nice. Final question
1: is uh, if there were, let's say, if you look back on your life, everything you've been through, everything you've learned, ups, downs, mistakes, successes, everything. Uh, what What are the three most important life lessons that you have learned uh, based on your experience that if you were to distill them down to three, obviously there could be 50, right? But if you were to distill them down to three, uh, these would be the three most important things you've learned that you would like to pass on to your kids, your grandkids, the next generation. And this was all you could pass the next generation. What would what the three keys be?
2: Yes. Well, I, th- I, th- I, I think I have to go back to the give permission, and and the wh- mm-hmm. the reason I I embrace that so much is because I frankly didn't give myself permission uh, when I was younger. I was very judgmental. I was very hard on myself, and frankly, that came from being called talented because then you become less, you become more afraid of of failing after after some time. Um, because then you have these high expectations on you so that's not necessarily good um, yeah so this thing about giving permission um, giving permission to fail which means you also give yourself permission to succeed and again how we measure that that's debatable giving permission I'm, number one yeah I, I'm I, I don't know how how, how I to put that into but I'm always so grateful that I at an early age discovered the joy of challenging myself. Hmm. And mm. I mean I, I'm a driven human being, but challenging also means but but to do something that is difficult. And I think I've always had that that to a certain extent. I don't know how how you would explain Mm. that. So so what would the advice be? To do things that are difficult? (laughs) You should be um, stretching
1: outside of your comfort zone. You may be challenging oneself, going where it's a little scary, perhaps.
2: Right. And that ties into then, in order to be able to do that, I have to embrace uh, fear. I have to embrace Mm. this concept of so called failing. And we all we all know that the people we think succeed are also the people that fail the most. So it's um it goes hand in hand. Um, but yeah, embracing challenges. You know, just moving to the US. It mm-hmm. was a crazy challenge. What was I thinking? <laughs> I know it. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you've you've done that yourself with nice. no no money and yeah. So hey maybe, maybe that's that embracing. embracing embracing being naive, right? And being dumb. Why not? Mm. <laughs> not not following conventional <laughs> sure. wisdom. Yes. I love it. I love it. Was that number three? <laughs> I don't know. Does that, that count as a yeah. three? <laughs>
1: well, let's lump that into two, right? Challenging yourself, not embracing conventional wisdom, you know, going where it's scary.
2: So what's number three? Um, uh, number three Third would key be... key to wisdom. Would be, hmm, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> embracing curiosity. Hmm. There's no right or wrong. Nice no good or bad it's just your, your perspective nice. and if you shift your perspective you will see something different and and on in a bigger concept which which sort of goes hand in hand with what I do with expression of voice and and you know the universal language of of music um if we could understand that my human beings cultures belief systems what would that do to our world if we if we actually have the ability and to be able to step around and see things from a different point of view.
1: Mm. Yeah. So. Uh, and that's, you know, that's the foundation of compassion, you know, to really be able to enter mm-hmm. another person's reality, see from a different point of view, and uh, right. respect where they're coming from. I mean, that's to truly really be compassionate.
2: Yeah. Powerful. Under- understanding that with, with we grew up, uh, with those parents, we would, or or in that environment, we would also think like that.
3: Mm.
2: Maybe. Oh, so Powerful.
3: Giving yeah, so permission, I say,
1: yeah. challenging oneself, and mm-hmm. interestingly, the, the gift of embracing curiosity. Three keys to live by, for sure. For sure. Yeah. It's beautiful, Pat. Yeah. Beautiful, Pat. I mean, it's has been. Uh, I mean, I've been taking notes from this conversation and I really hope uh, every one of you listening in that you found uh, tremendous value from the soul talk conversation with my friend. It's per. been beautiful.
3: And,
2: uh, that's it's, it's beautiful chatting yeah. with you. You have a wonderful it's awesome. uh, way of uh, communicating. I love it.
1: It's been awesome. awesome chatting with you. My soul is definitely uh, lit up. Thank you so much for just, you know, your gener- generous sharing and just your generosity with me and just the working with me with my voice as well. You, you're Your true blessing. You know, what I love, I just want everyone to know what I love about this man is uh, he's a giver, you know, and that's that's one of the most, I think, soulful and amazing things about you, Peer. So thank you. Keep being you.
3: Folks, uh, thank you so much.
1: it's been an amazing conversation. Before we wrap up, what what's the best way people can find out about you, your work, know more about what you do? Is there a website? What's what's the best way?
2: Yes, I, I have a couple of websites. And first, let me just acknowledge you who are listening to this, because I so much appreciate uh, you out there. Because I know that you you are there. You are waking up in the morning. You are trying to figure out how to develop yourself and how to figure out a way how to help other people. And even though I don't know you, I'm so grateful for the fact that everybody's out there doing their thing. And I just think it's a beautiful thing. Um, So thank you for having been listening to this, but also thank you for doing what you do out there. So um, my website, um, well, the main website, I guess, is um, my full name. So it's Per Bristow, B-R-I-S-T-O-W.com. And then um, from there you can reach my other websites. The Singing dot com is where my singing people are. speakwithfreedom.com, Freedom dot com, where my speakers are, and I'm on Instagram, on Facebook, and but, but probably that the Pear Bristow dot com site is maybe the because then you can go from there to to different sites and see what I do, and and uh, yeah, awesome. We'll put that in the show notes, folks. I definitely
1: encourage you all to uh, check out Pear, say hi to him on social media, find out more about his work. Uh, and he will definitely, I think, inspire you to be more fully expressed in who you are. Pear, thank you for coming on today. Folks, if you've enjoyed this conversation, another episode of Soul Talk, please do share it with your friends. Let everyone know subscribe to the soul talk podcast for weekly inspiration from me, where I'll be sharing some ideas and thoughts and just practical life wisdoms to help you live life more fully freeing yourself from your past, reclaiming your power and uh, living your purpose. Uh, So I'm looking forward to uh, next week again, where we'll have more inspiration for you. Also, uh, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, all social media. Sending you all big hugs. Signing out. Love now.
0: If you've enjoyed this episode of Soul Talk, please do share the podcast with all of your friends. Let everyone know and make sure you download Soul Talk today. I'm looking forward to next week where I'll get to share more inspiration with you. Meanwhile, follow me on Facebook